It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All right, welcome to the PO Podcast. I am Joe. I am Adam. And in this uh, crazy, crazy week in the United States that we live in, that me and Adam have just spent the last hour and a half talking about, we will not uh, bore you with it here. We're going to talk about something even better <laughs> than the U.S. election, something more dynamic than and Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump. I will try to suck you in with any kind of uh, uh, political talk. Oh, this is better than politics, buddy. This is truth. Oh. This is reality. This is the movie failure this. to launch <laughs> uh, failure but, to launch failure to launch man i could think of so many proper things to say about the election <laughs> <laughs> just with that title alone there we go but instead <laughs> how about you just tell me about what you've been watching this week all right so this week uh started a couple new things i know a couple weeks ago i said i'm going to do two things but i did a lot of things i'll rewatch the spider chronicles with my kids last night spider wick huh the Spiderwick Chronicles. Okay. Have you not seen it? I've never seen them, no. Oh, your kids might enjoy it, dude. You probably wouldn't too terribly much, but <laughs> it was it was pretty good to watch with the kids. Uh, started a couple episodes of Supergirl with my daughter. She wanted yeah. to watch that. Yeah, it's okay. Um, not a big fan of the um, chick that plays. It gets better. Give it a give it a few episodes, like five. Uh, well, we're like four or five in now. Oh yeah. And I'm not a big fan of the uh, the chick that actually plays Supergirl, Melissa um, Benoist. Yeah, I yeah, not her as an actor. I just think how they did her character, I'm having a real hard time with. Um, let's see what else. Uh, yeah, watch another Lethal Weapon. Uh, once yeah. again, if people have not been watching that, you are missing out. Oh, it's um, very good. Probably the best show of the year so far um, for me. Um, that's about it, man. Um, right. Been pretty busy this week. What about you, man? Um, I watched season three of The Fall. It is a uh, BBC show that comes to America via Netflix. It stars Gillian Anderson. She is a okay. uh, Irish detective superintendent. They do things weird over there, you know. <clears throat> and it also stars Jamie Dornan, who ladies might know from uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, yeah. And he's a serial killer, and um, it is about pathos, and it's about uh, just deep-seated things and the nature of desire, and it's it's about all these different things all layered on top of each other in a pretty interesting like crime drama um, that's mostly about <clears throat> how flawed the detective is chasing after someone who's actually might be a better person than her on the outside, but is also just a serial killer. It's it's a very interesting dynamic. I highly recommend the series. Um, don't know if there's going to be a season four. They haven't really talked about it much yet, but season three just came up this week. So, Okay. Well, sounds interesting. The other thing I want to recommend, uh, I've been watching Westworld on HBO. Oh, remind me to tell you about something, but keep going. Uh, Westworld is an amazing show. It's kind of a mind trip, one of those things. Um, 
J.J. Abrams and Jonathan Nolan are involved, so things get like utterly what? complicated. And yet, wasn't Westworld like a book or a game or something like that? It was a movie was a in the seventies. Okay. And uh, the movie was didn't have this dynamic of a plot, and the, the show's very well done. It's got a lot of nudity in it, which isn't yeah. like, exactly my bag, but mm. uh, it's very very good. So I I would recommend that if if blood and guts and nudity is like something that's a deal breaker for you don't watch it you know yeah the blood and guts thing is fine yeah deal breaker would be oh it's the for it's me gory now. as heck it's awesome <laughs> all right uh the last thing i want to talk about is uh dave Chappelle's appearance on saturday night live was fantastic he had he was very positive about the results of the election um a lot more positive than i thought he'd be based on his pre-election statements and uh the, it was very very funny the dude is just hilarious Hasn't he been missing for a while? Hasn't he kind of gone underground yeah, for a little he, bit? He kind of had a breakdown, didn't he? Yeah, he was faced with like some pretty tough things, and um, he didn't really necessarily like the fact that white people liked his show as much as they did. He didn't expect that much universal crossover. <laughs> Why? Uh, Why, is that? Why do you think that bothered him? You'll have to ask him. Uh, um, seems weird, though, doesn't it? Yeah, you think you'd want his, your stuff to hit as much of the audience as you could, but I don't know. Um like you I make get a comedy show, people are gonna laugh. For you, and something that's just you know, this is ours type thing. But yeah, and then then the pressures know. of it fame. It just seems like we have enough things that divide. But whatever. I think the pressures of fame got to him too, and he's talking about fifty million dollars. You know, they're offering him fifty million dollars to come back for the next season and stuff, and he's just, I can't do this. I wonder what that must be like. <laughs> yeah. Well, he talks about that. Hey, later. listen, on principle alone, I, I I would do it, but it's just too much money. Yeah, it's just it's just too much <laughs> cash. I'm good um, with principle, but too much money. I, yeah, I don't know. So uh, I, maybe I'd he's recommend wise beyond uh, his years. You know, yeah, maybe, maybe he knows his own limits with it. Well, he's living a simpler life. I think he owns like some sort of farm in Ohio or something. He lives there with his kids. Awesome. Yeah. So, I would uh, recommend checking that out. It's <laughs> what kind of what kind of farm? I don't know, dude. Oh, weird. All right. I guess it would be a Chappelle farm. A Chappelle farm. I wonder if it's an apple orchard. <laughs> maybe. Oh, that'd be cool. All right. So, yeah, those are my two things. Three things. All right. Well, cool. Cool, cool. Cool. Let's get into cool. some failure to launch then. All right. It's a 2006 right. movie. Um, Adam's awful. Um, 2006 movie starring Matthew McConaughey, Sarah Jessica Parker, Zooey Deschanel, Justin Bartha, Bradley Cooper, Terry Bradshaw, Kathy Bates. Big cast, big, man. Big cast. Stacked. And it's centered on uh, Trip. Trip is played by Matthew McConaughey. He's a 35 year old man, still lives with his parents. Yeah, starts... kind of taking the millennial view of things. Well, he's he's living with his parents for a very different reason. We'll find out later. Which Correct. that's the only really thing I don't like about this movie. But we'll talk about that in a second. So, okay. Um, lives with his parents, and you get to know that because he's out on a date with a girl, and all things are going swimmingly until she says, you know, like something that's too future forward. And he sees that this relationship could be going somewhere, so he decides to tank it by taking her home. And once she sees that he lives with his parents, she's out of, you know, she gets out of Dodge. So. <laughs> See you later. That's kind of his move. Tell you what. I don't know. Sometimes I wish I would have stayed a little bit longer. I, I, I had way more money when I lived at home. Yeah. You know, if money was your the highest motivating factor, that uh, would. Uh... <laughs> well, uh, of course, not right now. Right, but I mean. I want to be right bringing my. My family into my mom's house. I guess te weird. technically Justin Bartha's character doesn't live at home. He lives 
in the same house as his mother. He owns his home, so. Oh, okay. <laughs> Does that matter to anyone? I don't know. That, it matters. So we get we get firmly cemented into the plot here that the parents don't really like the fact that he lives at home. Um, yeah, the concern, like any good parents would be, Joe. Sure. 35-year-old man still living at home. It's and annoyed. <laughs> right. Um, then they're all, the all the adults, right, who have parents that live at home seem to have like a barbecue together, I guess. I don't know. And yeah. uh, one of the couples says, like, we got our son to move out. And they're like, well, how'd you do it? And they tell her, they tell uh, Terry Bradshaw and Kathy Bates, who is uh, Matthew McConaughey's character's mm-hmm. parents, they tell them about this expert they met named Paula, who, has, Paula. A, who has a company that helps these people in their failure to launch problem get out of the house and actually go live a real life. And she does this by pretending to date them for a little while. Her belief is that men continue to hit live at home because they have low self-esteem. So she's there to boost the self-esteem, get their confidence going, and pff, they can move on and get on with their lives. Right. Kind of a stupid plot, as if someone could do this enough times to actually make enough money, but whatever. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a, what do you call it, one of those, like, it's a plague, right? Sure. Man, people everywhere living with their parents that just need some self-esteem. Right. Maybe we're oblivious to it. Maybe there's more of it than we know. I don't know. Yeah, it's our... It's our privilege, yo. It's our privilege. Yeah, it's our privilege. So <laughs> she goes through all these steps, and she fakes the death of a dog. She goes and meets the friends. She does all these things. But she's kind of starting to, like, fall for him, and he's kind of falling it's for her. McConaughey. What else do you do? Well, yeah, you know, he's all right, all right, all right. You know, how, do, how right, can you not love right, that guy? Right. And, uh, you know, she notices that he's a pretty normal dude. He's got all these good social skills. He's charming. He's good looking. Why is he living at home? She doesn't understand it. And Maybe uh, she hasn't seen him drive a car yet. Maybe. Like, he's really awkward in those car commercials. <laughs> in those Lincoln commercials? <laughs> <laughs> all right, old Cyrus. We're going for sushi. Long way around. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, that's funny. Sorry. So he's a... Uh... <laughs> Nerd. He he, uh, he feels it's getting, like, too heavy, so he takes her home to meet the parents, which is awkward because they hired her. So they have to, like, have this real awkward exchange where they pretend they don't know each other and it gets real, like, what the heck's going on. And um, Kathy Bates lays it on her after Matthew McConaughey leaves the room that, you know, this this is it for you, girl. He's dumping you. It's the only reason he ever brings a girl home is because it's getting too much. And she's like, what? That ain't happening. So... She uses her feminine wiles, i.e. her uh, female parts, to keep herself in the game a little longer, breaking all of her rules and sleeping with Matthew McConaughey. Which, But it's okay, because she has feelings for him. Well, this is one of the movie tropes that drives me nuts, is the relationship that comes in under false pretenses, and uh, but it, it became real while it was happening. Movie trope, you know. Yeah, it happens bleh. a lot. Happens a lot. Yeah, hitch. So, um, we get into these other subplots too. While this, uh, uh, while all this stuff between McConaughey and Sarah Jessica Parker are happening, one of the things that happens is uh, Sarah Jessica Parker, Paula, her roommate Zoe Deschanel, I think her name's Kit, right? She believes that. Uh, yes. She okay. believes that her whole thing is because she fell for a guy once who wouldn't move out of his parents' house, so they broke up. 
and she's got to go so fix she's all these fixing men. Fixing every other boy out there. Right. Just it's, she's on a mission, and her heart's never going to be complete. Um, living this way, and she doesn't really have a life, as is pointed out, and that she's just kind of coasting in the same manner that you know someone who has no job or no prospects does, except she's just channeling her negative energy into something she believes is positive, which is ultimately damaging to everyone. Except for the people she, I guess, helped. I don't know. Who cares? Right. Right. So uh, the the other subplot that involves Kit is uh, <laughs> Justin Bartha, um, one of uh, Matthew McConaughey's Snorkel. friends, Ace. <laughs> Snorkel. Albuquerque. I can do it, too. Albuquerque. I can do it, too. <laughs> he uh, he sees Paula out on a date with uh, another guy who is, um, what's his face? Patton Oswalt. And she's, he's like, well, what's going on here? And he blackmails her into getting a date with Kit because they met while playing paintball, and he, he was kind of into her, but Kit's not into him at all. So he blackmails her into a date with Kit, and he promises he won't tell anybody, but that's a lie because he told their other friend, Demo, played by Bradley Cooper, everything. Mm-hmm. So um, Kit... And Ace begin dating, and it's actually going really well because they like each other. They're both weird. Um, <laughs> Quirky. Uh, Justin Quirky. Bartha's character, Ace, is rich. He's like a software developer. He owns his own home. His mother just kind of lives there uh, based on fiscal decisions he made, not because he's a loser living in his mom's basement. So it, right. you know, it turned out okay for Kit, I guess. Um, but Demo is kind of a self-righteous dude, and while they were at a baseball game, uh, he tells uh, Paula exactly why uh, Trip is still living at home, and it's because uh, Trip had a fiance years ago named Amy, and Amy died. I don't believe it ever says exactly how they how she died. Yeah, um, I think she, she was penguin hunting in the Antarctic. <laughs> but she had a an infant child. It seems like because I don't know how old do you think his nephew is that he calls his nephew, but it was actually Amy's kid. Yeah. Um, he must have been very young. Two, three, I don't know. The kid doesn't seem very old. Right. So, you know, he obviously, it's still part of his life. He sees the kid a lot. But that that's what ruined him. That's what brought his world, in, you know, into disarray. And that's why he li- he went back to live at the home. The parents should know before they hired Paula. <laughs> well, the parents knew. That's they, what I'm saying. They should they have left Paula like, they, Yeah. They had yeah. a nice... Uh, a nice moment between Kathy Bates and uh, Matthew McConaughey where he's like, was I really that bad? You know, why didn't you just tell me? And she's like, well, when's the right time when your fiance dies? Is it six months? Is it six years? There's just no way to tell. And it's actually very touching. And that's what happens when you have good actors in a bad movie. Is, Kathy Bates is awesome. You know, they can actually bring some tears to some eyes. Right. You know, <laughs> that's, you know, that's. Are you saying you cried, Joe? I teared up. It was sweet. I don't judge you. I don't judge you at all. I don't care if you do. I like movies. Yeah, I don't do. cry in real life. I just cry you at movies. Care. You would <laughs> care. You would so care. So, um... A deer. Doe. A female deer. So, a needle-pulling thread. Oh, my bad. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so the whole thing with Ace and Kit goes pretty well. Um, But Demo can't leave well enough alone. He tells Trip that um, he told Paula about Amy. Uh, Trip gets mad. Then he tells her, tells Trip while they're playing basketball that she's also paid. She's also 
contracted out by his parents to get him to move out of the house. Um, so Trip sets up this elaborate ruse. He's going to cook dinner. Everybody's going to have dinner at the parents' house. The parents are all going to be sitting there, and he makes everyone feel like crap for what they did, which, you know, is kind of deserved. Um, dark, dark. But as soon as Paula found out about Amy, she decided that she was going to call the whole thing off and that uh, she was going to give back the money to the parents because she had feelings for Trip and that this whole Amy thing just throws everything out of balance and it wasn't really her thing. Right, it wasn't really what she does. So, um, but she doesn't get a chance. Trip flips out and yells at everybody, and then leaves. And I'm out. They're broken up, right? Right. Drives off in his Porsche, not a Lincoln. Oh man. So he says he's moving out, moves out of the parents' house, finds a place somewhere, I'm sure, and he goes back to, uh, you know, get some clothes from his parents' house, and they see how broken up he is, and except for Terry Bradshaw, he's in his naked room. <laughs> Terry Bradshaw's awesome scaring the fish you know and he has that touching moment with his mom and then as soon as he leaves Kathy Bates you know calls everybody in and she's like we gotta get these two back together it seems like they really like each other so they set up a really stupid romantic comedy plan to tie up Trip, put him in a closet in uh, Ace's basement then lock Paula in Ace's basement and then they're just gonna deal, it, deal with it and uh, it's you know because it's a stupid romantic comedy they're going to deal with it on a hundred webcams that Ace installed the night before. And they all get to watch from their local non-Starbucks coffee shop on the big screens. And everybody is getting into it like it's a reality show. <laughs> Guess what happens, though? How do, how do you think that this trope ends, buddy? Um, Not appropriate for webcams. Right. Well, no, I don't mean exactly what physical act happens, but... <laughs> I don't mean getting to graphic detail like your closed caption talking out uh, porno. I'm just saying, <laughs> uh, what do you think is, how does this trope end in every movie? Oh, happily ever after, man. Happily ever after. They get together. Right. Right. And then it shows them, you know, they they make up, kiss, and everybody's happy. And um, it shows them get on to a boat. I don't know whose boat it is. Is it Tripp's boat? I don't know what they ever say. but they On uh, his newly purchased boat. It seems like he had a boat the whole time that he was fixing yes, up. But me too. Um, they get on the boat, and they sail around, and it's all happily ever after. And he gets knocked into the ocean when she says, Jibe Ho or whatever, and he didn't hear it. And there's a dolphin there. Now, here's where the other really, really stupid subplot comes in. Um, animals have been attacking Trip throughout the whole movie. Docile right. animals, animals that normally wouldn't attack someone, including a dolphin. Bit his leg and swam with him for a while. Right. And... Uh, his buddy Demo says it's who is like a granola dude. He just says that, <laughs> like a granola. You know dude. what I mean? Real earthy. He says it's you. because he's not at one with nature, and he's going against right. nature's rules. So nature's attacking and lashing out at him. You know, but since he fixed himself and he's back at one with nature, this dolphin is nice to him. Aww. So all is well with Trip and his heart, and they go on happily ever after. And uh, I can only hope that eventually he'll find someone better than Sarah Jessica Parker. <laughs> but oh. <laughs> that's neither here nor there. All right. So that's the movie. Ending credits. Um, thoughts, buddy? No, no thoughts on it. It's like you. Um, like I said, I vaguely remember some of this. But uh, um, I definitely don't think this is going to go down in history as one of the greatest rom-coms ever, for sure. I don't think it's necessarily as bad as I remembered it being, though. But I'm like you, like, uh, there's some people I really love in this, you know, Kathy Bates, Terry Bradshaw, um, I'm a big fan of Matthew McConaughey, um, 
and it's nice to see good actors save a bad movie. Sure. You know, it doesn't make it great, but it definitely wasn't as horrible as it could have been, you know? Yeah. So. Well, that's one of the things he does, I think, is because he's such a good actor, even though he's in these dumb romantic comedies, let's see, 10 thing, or lose a guy in 10 days. Right. uh, Ghost of Girlfriends Pass is a little better than this one, actually. Um, He's in this one, The Wedding Planner. Man, he did a whole run of these things, didn't he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's good in There's a bunch of them. He's not bad in it. You have Fool's Gold, yeah. yeah. He's not bad in any of them. Because I think he's a good actor. And between him and Kathy Bates, and I think even Terry Bradshaw were really good, I think this movie, it gave this movie an emotional core that was really good. And it's tough because Sarah Jessica Parker does not act very well in this movie. No. I don't think she's even a good actor. Probably not. She's very whiny in this movie, and everything seems to be like, you know, I think that, uh, I don't know, a different actress would have been better, but who cares? She's like one of those, like, it's weird. It's like this enigma. Because you don't know how she keeps getting acting gigs. Well, people like her. She guess she's a name. Sex in the City well, did a lot of like, good things for her. People like me, but I'm not getting acting gigs. Well, there you go. Okay, no, nobody likes me. Maybe you should have <laughs> done Sex in the City. Maybe this is where I find out nobody likes me. No <laughs> oh, I've been meaning to tell you. This movie did get me deep. Wow. There you go. Uh, um, but yeah, I think I think that uh, it had some good moments. And there's actually one moment I want to point out. When uh, Paula's using her old feminine wiles and banging Matthew McConaughey in his, I guess, childhood bedroom. <laughs> While the parents are down in their new chairs and they're awake listening to the whole thing. Okay. I don't know if you recall this part, but uh, Terry okay. Bradshaw is like sitting in his chair. He's staring at the ceiling as it's going on. And there's you can hear the clanking around and you can hear the, I don't know if you could hear any moaning or not. But Kathy Bates is like, come on, just let it be or whatever. And he goes, I'm paying for it. I'll stare if I want to. <laughs> I thought that was a legitimately good joke. Terry Bradshaw's funny. Yeah, I think he was real good in this movie. So, yeah, well, good. So, what do you give it? Um, in like the overall overarching movie scale, probably something like a four. How we always been, how how we have been grading things using the same, you know, same if idea. To, if I were to put it into the romantic comedy subgenre all by itself i'd give it probably like a seven wow it's pretty high for romantic comedy i thought it was pretty good but that's mcconaughey he's he did a lot of the legwork for that but like as far as like just like if you're going to compare this to you know a masterpiece of film like a hitchcock film or something i don't know i'd give it like a four like a hitchcock film compared to the birds this doesn't even hold up i mean something like rear window or vertigo or something like that (laughs) the birds i guess it could be up there psycho i don't know right well, that's not, that's still not too bad. It's, it's, you said a seven and a four. Yeah. What about you, buddy? Uh, rom com, I'd give it about a six overall. I'd give it about a five. Is there a rom com that gets a ten from you? Oh man, um, man, you would ask that question off the top of your head. Um, from a just from a standpoint of me enjoying them, uh, like if you're using a, just a rom com scale, something has to be a ten, right? Right. Um, rom-com scale, what would be a 10? Um, Romancing the Stone. Romancing the Stone. Okay, that was all right. Yeah, I'd have to go back to it because... It's more like action said. comedy than romantic comedy, but I get yeah, it. Well, all right. Well, then... Uh... <laughs> Are you going to go all the way back to like the early 60s and go like Lover Come Back or Pillow Talk with no, Rock Hudson, no. Doris Day? And... No, 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 no. Uh, the Shining? The Shining. Here's Johnny. I'm not gonna kill you. 
I'm just going to bash your brains in. I love how they bend. Um, no, man, that's hard. Um, one I really liked, uh, it's not really a rom-com would be, uh, I have to think about it. You're asking too much of me on the spot. (laughs) Uh, One I would put way up there as an example. I think Harry Met Sally or when Harry Met Sally is a very good movie. Yeah. Um, um, charade is a really good movie. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know, dude. Have you ever seen Charade with Cary Grant? No. That's a good um, movie. You should check it out. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I have no clue. I'm not going to pretend like I know what a 10 is for <laughs> me right now because I don't. All right. But that's the thing. I guess out of all the genres, I have never, like, rom-com is probably my second least favorite next to horror. I shouldn't even say favorite because I like them, but, you know, I'm never really on the lookout for a good rom-com. I'm just never on the lookout for a good horror flick. Um, I probably hold rom-coms a little bit higher in the enjoyable scale for me, um, but not much. So got you. Um, yeah, have to have to think about Underworld. <laughs> Underworld. Not a comedy know, as much as gore fest. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so um, there's a movie with uh the guy from Underworld. Um, he plays a minor part in it. Um. Michael Sheen. Okay. He's he plays a minor part. It's Paul Rudd and Tina Fey called Accepted, I think. Okay. Where she is a Harvard or Yale or Stanford, some Ivy League colleges. She's on the like acceptance committee and um he work Paul Rudd works for like a off the grid type of school where it's like community college. And it's it's like K through 12 almost, but he teaches them by like running a farm almost. I don't know, it's weird. Uh-oh. It's alternative Uh-oh. ad basically. Right. And they fall in love. That's that's a pretty good movie. Right. Yeah, I'd have to... Man, rom-coms. Yeah. Uh, yeah, once again, I'm not going to do it. You can't make me. All right. Well, this has been a delightful no means, discussion. No. You wiener. No means no. Um. Yeah. Can you list five movies you'd rather watch than a romantic comedy that are bad? Oh, pretty much every movie. <laughs> I'm getting lots of bad movies I'd rather watch. But. Would you rather watch um, Goldmember or this movie? Goldmember. Would you rather watch uh, The Quest, starring Jean-Claude Van Damme, ooh, or this movie? Uh, oh, that's a good one. Um, the Quest. <laughs> Would you rather watch any of the the last straight-to-DVD releases in the last three years done by Steven Seagal or this movie? Oh, yeah, this one. Ah! Um, I'd rather watch this over Screamers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. There you go. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's hard. It's not a bad one. You know, I remember me and my, when me and my wife first sat down to watch this. It was, it was fun, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't a bad flick. Yeah, don't get my, don't get my, like, uh, what's the word? Not disdain. It's just uh, um, mellow. I don't know what you'd call it. Melancholy? Don't my melancholy for rom coms isn't disdain. It's just I don't know, just rather watch something else, I guess. So I understand. Yeah. Yeah, I understand. But usually but my wife brings that good balance. So usually she's like, Hey, um how about this? I'd rather watch How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days. Well that movie was better. Right, right. I think so, Catherine I mean, Hahn is hilarious in that movie. Yeah, yeah, hilarious. Um You don't even but, know who Catherine Hahn is. <laughs> Catherine Hahn, it's her crazy, it's her, yeah, it's crazy her emotionally unstable friend. Yeah, she, she was plays that hilarious. in a lot of movies. She's she's hilarious in Bad Moms. 
Oh, I haven't seen Bad Moms yet. Yeah, you telling I don't know who that is. Forget you, man. Have you ever seen the movie Wanderlust? Uh, no. It's a David Wayne movie with Jennifer Aniston and uh, Paul Rudd, and they kind of yeah. end up on this commune, and basically oh. everybody in the world who's funny is in it. Right. And I think it sounds familiar. Catherine Hahn's in it, and she has a very, very funny scene with Paul Rudd. Oh, okay. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of offended. You thought I didn't know who that was. Uh-huh. Forget you, man. Forget you. Well, the results are in on Failure to Launch, buddy. Um, this is a very brief episode for us, which is probably great for the listener that we don't have. <laughs> Your mom's busy this week. And I think Michael Bay dropped us after uh, we did none of his movies. Should so. we do a Michael Bay movie? You know what we should do coming up? What? Pearl Harbor. Oh, that was just on last night or the night before, and the kids watched, wanted to watch it. I was like, oh. So, <laughs> no. Dude, I remember that getting movie that movie, came... two VHSs. Yeah. Dude, I remember when that came out, I was working at Craft 8 Theaters. Oh, boy. Right? And they had a huge cutout of, uh, uh, what's his name? Josh Hartnett. And back in my day, people were like, you look just like Josh Hartnett, right? Um, I know, funny. There would be girls and f- people would come in. It happened to me probably like 19 or 20 times. Asked me to stand next to the big cardboard cutout, Josh Hartnett, because I look just like him. <laughs> nice. It was weird. It was like, oh my gosh, you look just like him. You look I... a doppelganger. I'm like, no, that's not it. But then they'd go home and get their cameras and come back. That's hilarious. And no way. I wish I, I wish I would have played that a little bit better, dude. I could have got so many dates off that. Yeah, so probably not with girls you'd want to go on a date with. One of my first, when I moved to Missouri, one of my very first dates here was with somebody who thought I looked like Josh Hartnett. So that's hilarious, yeah. right? And since then, I've gained eighty pounds, and <laughs> I no longer look like the stunt double to Josh Hartnett. I more look like the uh, I don't know six hundred pound life of Josh Hartnett. There you go. <laughs> so eighty pound life, whatever. Eighty pound life. <laughs> I'm anorexic. <laughs> oh man. So, Offend our anorexic viewers. Uh, maybe you should. Maybe it'll sh- shake them out of their rotten core. Anyways. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. I'm rude. You're just heartless. <laughs> That's true. I'm heartnetless. Oh. <laughs> That's what we call a callback. <laughs> a very lame one. <laughs> Anyways. All right. So watch. Uh... Watch Fellow Launch if you want to. Uh, don't if you don't want to, because as always, we don't care what you do. Right. Um, just watch Matthew McConaughey and stuff. I'd suggest True Detective, but that's just me. Haven't seen it yet. I'm waiting to. Yeah, get on that stick, buddy. It's very good. All right. All right. All right. So, yeah. Cool. So, there we go. Sweet. You want to close us out there, big guy? Well, yeah. First, we're going to say uh, next week we will be discussing a very bad movie. Adam? Escape from L.A. I'm going to make you say that because it was your dumb idea. (laughs) It was a good dumb idea. There are like just dumb ideas, and then there are good ideas because you want the idea to be dumb. Therefore, it is a good dumb idea. Sure. We'll see how the episode ends up. And I am the king of good dumb ideas. (laughs) At this point, I'll, I'll crown you. King you can dumb. Have that title guy. <laughs> I'll, I'll crown you King Dumb, and in small parentheses in the corner, it'll say of ideas. Right. Or King Dumb Idea. Yeah. It'll just be idea. I feel like my own failure to 
launch. <laughs> failure to launch. Failure to launch. If you if you every failure to launch, it might help that eighty pounds. Every po- ouch! Come on, man. Why you gotta hit a guy? Did you where feel it, counts? it? Did you feel the burn? I did. I did you feel the burn? <laughs> Bernie Sanders <laughs> felt the burn. <laughs> you sound like Miracle Max almost. <laughs> a cross between Bernie Sanders and Miracle Max. Miracle Max. You know, he was more Billy Crystally. I know. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> all right. Okay. Well, we can all thank Joe for that wonderful, wonderful, I don't know what it was. But, uh, yeah. So join us on Facebook at? Uh, Facebook.com slash P.O. Podcast. Or check us out on Twitter at? At P.O. underscore E.D. Podcast. Awesome. Or you can email us at our Gmail, which is? P.O. Podcast at gmail.com. I like how that goes because I never have to remember them. <laughs> yep. Adam's right. living the good life with all his privilege. <laughs> so I, totally, I totally take advantage of your hard work and dedication. <laughs> there we go. I remembered three things. It's hard work. <laughs> I think that just goes as a, sure. a tantamount example of your laziness that you can't even remember three things. Uh, well, That's yeah, two birds in one episode, are. folks, we if we're keeping count. We are who we are. So... <laughs> <sighs> All right. Well, join us next week as we tackle Escape from L.A. Not New York. L.A. Yeah, not the good one. Not the <laughs> not the new news, but the old news. Oh, oh boy. Who knows? News, we'll discuss it next week. All right. Perfect. <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will see you then. All right. Bye. Be out. Yay, Michael Bay. Almost forgot. Yay, Michael Bay! Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.